That's a big fish. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh my god! Big mama came out. This is the biggest fish I've ever killed goldfish. Thumbs out. Buff salt, baby. <laughs> Good job. What a night. Bigger than a rock. Look, there's a big one. Nice job, Taylor. Get him, Smitty. Double up, baby. Hey. <laughs> nice job, man. There we go. We got two of them, though. He's a good gator. He's a monster. A good gator. <laughs> wow. Love goldfish. Come here. Time for a free boat ride. Name as goat. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Bowfishing Buzz Podcast presented by AMS Bowfishing and Mega Mouth Bowfishing as well. Episode 42. 42. Welcome. It's a beautiful day here in central Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. It's our first uh, podcast of the month of August. Yeah, I can't believe it's August already. Isn't that crazy? That's, I should, uh, I think we, well, you're already set and ready to go, but I kind of feel guilty. I, uh, I got food plots I got to get planted. Ah, I'm all <laughs> jacked up today because I had like three big cups of coffee already this morning some black you have coffee. been Ooh. drinking that a lot Ooh, that's man. been all day that's been coffee in there i got water in here now but this morning it was all <laughs> i had three days of black rifle coffee Ooh, oh my god yummy, yummy in my tummy that is good that I'm is very jacked good up on black rifle coffee not mountain dew like in talladega nights i'm all jacked up on mountain I'm dew jacked up on mountain dew <laughs> black <laughs> rifle is better that's better than mountain dew you bet so welcome and like i said episode 42 don't forget, you can also check out the video podcast on the AMS YouTube channel, mm -hmm. or you can find them also on Carbon TV. And speaking of Carbon yeah. TV, Schmitty, yep, yep, yep. I got an email last week from Carbon TV, and I could not believe it when I saw it. I was when you, when you told me, I I was very surprised as well. Absolutely, and. Um, the only reason that we got this email is because of all of you, the yep. fans out there, yep. who go to Carbon TV and watch our bowfishing episodes. Thank you, thank you so much for that, because we got an email last week, Derek, that our show was the top four for most viewed of the month of July. There's a lot of shows on Carbon TV, Schmitty. Like, I would say hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, hundreds of shows. And I guess they liked watching the old rednecks doing a little bow fishing, <laughs> they liked baby. watching the old rednecks <laughs> sticking fish. And I think what's really cool about that is we started that in April. Mm -hmm. I think, right? That it, yeah. Was it April? It wasn't late March. It was April, I think. I think it was April when we started our first episode, yeah. So we're only, you know, a couple months old here. That was our first debut on Carbon, and um, mm -hmm. just spectacular that we were able to, that you guys were... We're so supportive right. of watching us. Um, even these podcasts, Matt, you were telling me last week that you'll put these podcasts up on Carbon oh. TV. And the amount of views that even the video podcasts were getting on Carbon TV was, was video, awesome. The video Through the podcasts roof. are awesome. We're getting over 10,500 views on our video podcast. Because it is almost like an episode because some of the footage on here oh, yeah. is awesome stuff. Yep. From the stories that we tell, so the trips that we're on, to some of our guests. You know, like last week, uh, you know, our last podcast with Billy Lawson. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that footage of them guys diving down and, and spearing, the, you know, some of that barracuda and some of them grouper and the sharks swimming around. Right. 
And then right. coming back up and bullfishing the mahi-mahi and the underwater footage of that. It's just some cool stuff. See, and I think, Matt, I think, correct me if you think differently, but just as far as what we upload on Carbon TV, I would say that our, our episodes are, you know, top-notch in my eyes. They are the the highlights of a trip or multiple mm-hmm. trips. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the one where you had um, Mara was down there. Macy and Mara were down there when they were real young. Yep. And then we had, we had Mara back... Um, you know, more recently down there, yeah. and uh, that was a really cool one. But those are like the the highlights, the, the the awesome footage, the learning points. And then to me, it seems like these podcasts are just a little bit more of a deeper dive, in depth, yeah. in depth, detailed. You know, you just kind of get a little bit more of the nitty gritty of everything that mm-hmm. you you couldn't put into an episode unless it would be an hour long, like our right. podcasts are. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's really cool that that people are are intrigued enough to be able to go in and be like, you know what, that was such a, that, this is such interesting information. I like watching this. I like consuming this. I'm going to watch a, you know, I'm an hour long podcast right. to see really what these guys are all doing. Yep. So and, that's really cool. The thing that tells me that they do like them, Derek, is they'll come back and watch the next podcast and we'll have, you know, 10,500 views on right. that also. Right. Right. Yeah. So they're liking the video podcast. And like I said, that's the big thanks out to all of our fans out there yeah. for going there and Thank watching those shows. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we just had a little meeting today with Thread Shutter Media yep. about what we can do to improve and what we need to do moving forward. We've already got trips planned for, for you know, already this year, a couple of trips planned and looking to forward to next year and to making some more awesome video content out there in Carbon TV as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I was thinking too, when we were listening, Matt, when we just started the podcast, that little intro yeah. Um, there's that gator clip in there mm-hmm. that, that hits a little bit closer to home now every week oh. that we advance closer to uh, September. Cannot wait. Yeah, going we down finally, there with Billy. Right. We finally got our dates all set, Derek. Good deal. We've got four gator tags. Oh, that was like so gangster, though. You just put your fingers up to the camera. Four of them things. A gangster. <laughs> four <laughs> tags in, I think, four tags in as many days that you're down there, correct? <laughs> Ooh, Good thing you like don't sleep. Good thing you don't need to sleep yeah. to be yep. productive. Uh, the cool part about this here trip is uh, once again going down and visiting Billy, who has been an awesome guest when we go down there for our gator hunts. And then um, we're going to be having Jana Waller from Skullbone Chronicles join us on that hunt as well. And then we're also going to have Wendy and Alyssa. Yeah. Join us. That is so cool to me, Matt. I just, you and Jan up, that's awesome. But being able to have Wendy and Alyssa down there, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that is so cool that they're right. going to experience that. Right. Oh, And for those of you who do not know Alyssa and Wendy, you've probably talked to them if you called AMS Bowfishing. Uh, they take all the sales orders. They do a lot of the, um, all of the shipping and, and uh, you know, packaging of the yep. products on sales orders, yep. Yep. customer they, service, customer emails. service in there as well. And that's one of the big main reasons that we're sending Alyssa and Wendy down there because they do take a lot of questions on phone calls from customers that have product. Right. And what a better way to have them more knowledgeable, more better to be able to explain the products and how they're used mm-hmm. than to get them down there and go on a gator hunt. Right. And see how that is is taken care of. The equipment. We're going to be trying to get them on some gators with with the uh, big game crossbow kits. And then they're going to be right alongside of us in the airboats as we, Jan and I, try to take ours with the with the AMS hooligan bows. Yeah. And the big game kits, the big game reels. So 
Really looking forward to that. September 19th through the 22nd. Um, That's actually, you're going to have to cancel that because you're going to be gone for my birthday. <laughs> well, I didn't get an invite, so I didn't know that. <laughs> you got to call Billy and say, hey, sorry. We're going to have to do that a little bit earlier than what we were what thinking. You're you going to be, uh, what, 20 years old? Oh, yeah, very funny. <laughs> 25. Oh, 25. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, that'll be that'll be very cool. And uh, mm-hmm. Wendy and Alyssa, just from taking years of, of phone calls, talking to people about bow fishing, knowing the product, shipping it out, they know so much about it already. Right. And just to expose them to the up-close and personal experience that I, I've never experienced, but I can only assume to be the most adrenaline-packed, oh, yeah. crazy, awesome, blood-pumping uh, <laughs> situation that would be hunting a gator with a bow and arrow. I just I can't wait to, to A, see some footage of oh, them, yeah. and B, just to hear their stories I'll, that they bring back. I, I, I can't wait to see the experience. The the look on their face <laughs> to to take that all and experience oh, all that because man. it's it's awesome yeah I mean, it's it's something that you don't do every day yeah go shoot a gator right right yeah down in the Florida swamps it's yeah. awesome that's cool that's very cool it's awesome so I guess to get things rolling here Schmitty yeah um, the B A A Worlds was held down in Louisiana yes it was a couple couple weekends ago and um. Not surprised at who won. The, I was just going to say that the yeah. Big Twenty. Um, this is the they. This is their fourth That's Worlds Championship. This is their fourth. Um, Team TKO and uh, Tommy Woods and his crew. Um, you know they're top notch. Yeah. They're not, oh, what, yeah. what, what else can you say? They're yep. they're the. They're the top ones at every tournament that you go to. I know when I used to shoot in tournaments and when when you would be competing against Tommy and his and his team there, you would always that's you wanted to be close to them or you wanted to see how you compared to them after weigh ins the next sure. day. Yeah. Because that's how you kind of compared yourself was yeah. to the top of the top. Right. The best of the best. You know? So um in first place, uh in the world's uh team TKO, Captain Tommy Woods weighing in seven hundred and nine point one pounds. You know, that's an average of uh, 35.4 mm. pounds of, of fish right there. So good job to you guys. Yeah. Do you know, Matt, what what what, what did they mostly weigh in? Do you know, species-wise? You were only allowed, I believe, to, sh- to weigh in. In the Big 20, you were only allowed to weigh in two gator gar. Oh, So okay. they had silvers and stuff like that also. Um, some grass carp, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. All right, so second place, team Blowing Money Bowfishing. <laughs> what a, that's a perfect name. It is, Blowing Money Bowfishing. <laughs> Captain Andrew Cheatham with a weight, 656.4 pounds. I mean, second place at that, that is that mm-hmm. is fantastic. So good job, uh, team Blowing Money Bowfishing. Absolutely. Coming in third was Southern Style of Bounty Hunters, uh, Captain Alan Yader, 636.15 pounds. And fourth place, oh, Team name, real original on this one. No, nothing flashy about this nope, team name. Nope. Matt and Colin was Straight the team the name. Straight <laughs> Cap- Matt is the captain. Matt Rigsby is the captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth place, 620.75 pounds. Nice job. And coming in fifth place, Marsh Reapers Bowfishing, Dwayne Hodge, weighing 598.3 pounds. And sixth place, Team Dusty Addicts, Captain Dustin Watkins, weight of 583.55 pounds. Nice shooting. 
And coming in seventh, Shaft and Fatties. Nice. <laughs> James Hopkins weighing in 554.95 pounds. And then we have, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Eighth place, Mountain Men. James Yerolem of Team Mountain Men. 535.3 pounds. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that was a, a nice... Uh, payout there for tommy and his crew and uh, once again they're the they're the top of the top right there i just want to say this too matt the first yeah. time i met tommy was when i went down with you you shot in the bass pro tournament yep. and i was running a booth down there that we had set up i don't i forget if it was in springfield i'm not sure where it was and i remember tommy came by the booth mm-hmm. um and you know very very successful bull fisherman tommy is yep okay and i just remember talking to him i don't know if we were talking about bow fishing or the product and i'll be honest with you at, at six years ago when i was down there i had no idea who he was i didn't know who tommy woods was mm-hmm. and i remember you came over to me and you said you know who that was i said no he said that's tommy woods <laughs> so it's just that's cool to me that he didn't come across as someone who knows what you know that yep. he's a know-it-all that he's he's the best at what he does whatever even though he totally has the uh portfolio to do so if he would want to he Mm -hmm. just seemed like a totally average nice guy so i just wanted Mm -hmm. to i just wanted to mention that about tommy he's a great guy too super guy super guy yep and then um we're moving over to the numbers division for the worlds oh my gosh they uh the team that won numbers actually set a new baa record for the numbers of fish that were shot um coming in first place in numbers team finessen Captain Jonathan Jonathan Smith, they shot 1,706 fish. That's some work right there. How in the world? In fact, all these teams that place in the top eight. Is, it's ridiculous. Is, yeah, just crazy. Wow. 1,706 th- fish in one night. I would think that your hands and arms from retrieving and constantly moving and, and, and releasing fish and knocking arrows and shooting. Mm-hmm. I would think that by the end of the night, you'd just be like, oh, yeah. I just, oh, that's just crazy to me. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Second place, Team Triple Threat, Captain Dylan Camus, uh, 1,467 fish. That's still crazy. <laughs> wow. Yep. And coming in third, Team CSRA, Captain Blake Fulbright. 1,376 fish. Fourth place, Team Natural Disasters, Captain Craig Wardlaw, 1,335 fish. Mm -hmm. In fifth place, Team Wrong Hole, Ryan Terror, 1,310 fish. Man. Sixth place, Team Midnight Run, Captain Raymond McDonald, 1,298 fish. And coming in seventh, Team Good Company, Captain Laramie Barber, 1,249 fish. Yep. And eighth place, Team Nobody Knows, Captain Will Larson, 953 fish. Yep. So congratulations to the teams in the numbers and also in the Big 20. Yeah. And, of course, all the teams that that competed this year in the Worlds, there was a total of 73 boats that competed this year. And from what I heard, Derek, uh, Alan Yader and his crew did an outstanding job of of running this tournament, good. they raise a lot of good money for payouts. Um, everything was good down there, um, but yeah, from what I heard, is it was an awesome tournament, run very well, yeah. and um, that's always great to hear. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. That's that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Just before we move on from that, Matt, I don't know if you'll be able to remember these numbers off the top of your head, 
what is your biggest big 20 haul in your bow fishing tournament career? Do you in a tournament in a tournament? Yeah. It was the year that we won worlds back in 2016, 2016. Okay. In Kentucky. Uh, we, our big 20 weight was 804 pounds. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you remember what the most amount of fish you've ever shot in a night is? I know you're not into, you know, you guys don't shoot, you don't, we're not shooting numbers tournaments a ton. Do you, do you remember a night where you shot? Oh. Actually, um, a couple years back. Yeah, big smirk on his yeah. face right now. Uh, we were, I think it was like the third year that we shot in the Wisconsin Open. Okay. And uh, we had a couple guys razzing us that we always shoot big 20 and we never shoot numbers. Uh-oh, smack talk involved. Yeah. So, so I was like, all right. I didn't say nothing. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So right before takeoff, Timmy Boy ran up and paid our entry oh, fee for the for numbers. For numbers. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. Because it was a it was a, it was a big twenty tournament, but then he also had a, a numbers side pot. Okay. Yep. So he went up and so nobody knew about that we were shooting numbers. Um. Now, granted, numbers here in Wisconsin. Can little, be quite a bit yeah, different than different. what we just read off for numbers. Right, um, we're pretty much shooting carp up here. Yeah, um, for that. Um, so we came back to Wayne's the next morning, and we actually met the team coming back to Wayne's on the interstate as we we're coming back, and um, we had put a lot of our fish in barrels um, under the tonneau cover in the in the bed of the oh, truck and then we sneaky, also had sneaky. we had the the floor of the boat full of carp and uh i remember passing them and they were like trying to look down in, in our boat to see what we had you know and stuff <laughs> but anyways we get back and we started doing our numbers thing you know throwing our fish in and stuff or yeah. whatever and um we lost by two fish oh man yeah two fish well that's <laughs> impressive for you know a team that doesn't usually shoot numbers yeah, that's and, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wait. So, did the team that was razzing you? Did they beat you? They beat, they beat us by. They one. were the team that beat we you. We lost first place by three fish. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Wow. Two would have tied. Okay. And the team that was razzing us, we lost to them by one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. It was fun. It was. It was. So it's a lot different than. Oh, big yeah. twenty shooting. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a bet. lot different. Okay, here's a question, Matt. I've never been to a numbers tournament, or I don't think I've ever witnessed a numbers tournament weigh in. Mm-hmm. Are when you are weighing in what seventeen hundred fish? Okay, like like the first place team. Mm-hmm. Do the people at weigh ins? Do they just have like a? Do they, they have, have a clicker, clicker that that's they the, just? They, that's what they do here in Wisconsin. You know, they'll have a clicker and the boat pulls up, and they just start throwing fish. And there's there's two guys. Standing there with clickers. Oh, to have a comparison yep. as far as, okay. And you'll try to get, you know, you don't want to have all four guys whipping fish. Right. Because you're, you're like, oh, so you might have like two guys throwing fish and oh stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. And you just got clickers and you're just clicking away. Oh, my goodness. Those guys at the Worlds, you probably had thor- sore thumbs if they were yeah. using clickers. Man. I was going to say, that clicker like <laughs> overheated. It was smoking by the time they, they were done. They probably have like Popeye thumbs now. Yeah. You know, that muscle right between there on your hand, they probably, Good it's like Lord. a Popeye. I wonder how long it takes to throw 1,700 fish into barrels. I mean, they're, they're they're smaller fish, but still, good lord, that's crazy. That's some work. Yeah, that is some work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, Matt. So yep. we got a little bit of a we were, we were we were debating what we wanted to do today's podcast mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and you kind of came up with a good idea. Why don't you share with everyone what we're going to try to cover today? Well, we're going to try to carry this over the next couple of weeks in between other stuff that's going to be going on as well. Mm-hmm. 
But I figured it would be kind of a neat idea to kind of go over some of the fish that we shoot, um, how they were introduced into the U.S., yeah, um, some of the characteristics of them, some of the areas that they inhabit at. Does that make any sense? Some of the areas that they inhabit? Yeah, okay. I think that that's right. <laughs> I think I said inhabitat. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, just kind of go over some of the characteristics of some of the fish that we target yeah. in bow fishing. Um, and to start it out, Derek, we're going to go with the white amur. Um, you know what the white amur is? No. No. The old grass carp. Oh. The old grassies. Okay. Yep, the old grassies. Gotcha. gotcha. We're going to talk a little bit about the grass carp, how they were introduced, and some of the characteristics and, and stuff like that. So kind of, mad how we have a product highlight at the end of each uh podcast this is going to be kind of a couple of these segments are going to be fish highlights yeah kind of yeah. just to reflect and, and mm-hmm. let everyone know a little bit more detail on the species of fish that we're right. targeting right okay cool yep so first of all um kind of how the grass carp were introduced into the u.s um the u.s fish and wildlife service in cooperation with the auburn university first introduced grass carp into the u.s in 1963 oh to investigate their usefulness in controlling aquatic vegetation. No native North American species of fish is as strictly herbivorous as a grass carp, which means to eat grass. Mm-hmm. Hence the name grass yep, carp. Yep. Yep. Therefore, there are no native species available for aquatic vegetation management. Hmm. Okay. Yep. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that actually is interesting. Grass carp have proven to be effective in controlling many species of algae and submerged Aquatic vegetation. Hmm. 1963. Along with that, there's gonna uh, I'm gonna go over some negatives about that later on. Okay. So grass carp have proven to be effective in controlling many species of algae and submerged aquatic vegetation, with negative drawback. Yeah. Which we'll get into a little bit later. On. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So since their introduction, grass carp have been stocked into most states, either legally or illegally. Diploid grass carp have escaped into U.S. river systems and appear to have established reproducing populations in the Mississippi, Missouri, and Trinity River drainages. Fear that grass carp might devastate beneficial native aquatic vegetation in public waters prompted many states to ban their further stocking. Okay. And which, that's that's good. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, you said a word in there, Derek. Yeah. Can I... What is a diploid... Diploid. Grass carp. And why diploid. did they... Es- yeah. Okay. Let's hear about that. So, a diploid grass carp can reproduce. Okay. Now they also have triploid grass carp. Okay. Diploid and which are sterile. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. It has something to do with an extra set of chromosomes. Now I'm not a really biology major or biology student much at all, but. Yeah. They have an extra set of chromosomes, which makes it sterile, okay? Wow. Now, I found this very interesting because I saw that there were, what, what I found was that there were states, when, when you go down, when we go down south, a lot of the, a lot of the ponds down there have grass carp in them. Okay. They yeah. buy them and they put them into their ponds to control the grass. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Now, when you do that, of course, you're buying those grass carp for your pond, Okay. What I found very interesting was, is there were states where you could only buy triploid grass carp. Oh. There were also states 
that didn't care what you bought. Oh, okay. Well, then that cancels out the states that were only allowing triploid, isn't triploids that, to that, be. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 I, I understand that the triploid part of it, you know, they can't reproduce. Right. That's, that would be smart because mm-hmm. they're invasive. Mm-hmm. But then if, if, you're, if your neighboring state says, well, I don't yeah. care, whatever, well, then that kind of yeah. cancels out you having the rule to only have sterile grass carp. I found that very odd. Yeah, that's weird. That's strange. Some states didn't give a rat's butt. Some hmm. case, some states did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. But I found that pretty interesting right there. Yeah. So diploid grass carp can reproduce in rivers and reduce aquatic plants important to many fish and wildlife species. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, what I also heard this quite a few years back where somebody told me that they put triploid grass carp in a pond. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. And they reproduced. Oh, gosh. Well, that's not good. But now I don't know if that's really true. Because from what I understand from grass carp is, they can only, their eggs will only hatch if they're in a river current. Okay. I see. I'm going to I'm gonna touch on that a little bit in this go, next paragraph Go into here. that, yes. So, yes. like you said, grass carp spawn naturally only in rivers with high water flows and appropriate temperature. The water or current velocity must be sufficient to keep the semi-buoyant eggs suspended mm-hmm. as they are carried downstream. If the eggs fall to the bottom, they will succumb to siltation and low-dissolved oxygen. It is estimated that the eggs must remain suspended for... 20 to 40 hours. Unbelievable. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Which means that they may travel 30 to 110 miles depending on the water velocity before hatching. Therefore, grass carp cannot spawn in ponds. Uh, okay. Oh, so that's, that little bit of information is what made you wonder if, right. if the triploid reproducing was true or not. Right. But now, see, now you wonder, okay, where I heard this was be was taking place was in Kentucky Lake. Okay. Okay. But now there's a lot of flow in Kentucky Lake. Yeah. If yeah. they have those if they have a big rainfall and stuff gets flooded, they open those gates, there's a pretty good flow going through there. Now say you're way on the, the south end of Kentucky Lake, you got a bunch of grasses, they spawn. Do those eggs possibly just keep Get into those currents, mm-hmm. and do they travel that far? So I, you know. So then, uh, I would assume that okay. So, say Kentucky Lake is totally stable right now. There's no flow in it right now. Uh, just just yep. in this specific situation, grass carp spawn or lay eggs. Those eggs will not ever hatch because there's no current. They would just simply go. So you would have to have right. the combination of the time of year that grassies are spawning, plus some current coming mm-hmm. through Kentucky Lake in mm-hmm. this given situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then that would be right. how they could how they could reproduce in a pond-like setting, even though Kentucky Lake, like you said, has current and flow. Right. And I would assume that over the years of that, those two things could totally overlap. Right. Kentucky Lake's got current. It matches up with when grassies are spawning pretty soon. Yeah, that's it's like a river system somewhat, and mm-hmm. those eggs mm-hmm. are hatching. Hmm. Now, I can see that being a lot different than your pond in the backyard. Right, right, absolutely, right. But now, you could also get floods to where those fish in your pond get yeah. out. Yeah, right, yeah. 
look at how big heads and silvers. Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. That, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Young grass carp, less than three pounds, prefer soft vegetation and consume species such as duckweeds, filamentous algae, and chara. Ooh, mm. doesn't that sound delicious? Mm, yummy. Want to have a little chara? I want to have a little chara tonight some, for supper, buddy. Duckweed sounded good to me. <laughs> duckweeds. The most preferred plants are succulent and low fiber. As carp grow, more plant species and less succulent ones are added to the diet. This is pretty cool right here. Grass carp have pharyngeal teeth, and that means in the throat. What? Oh, my gosh. Yes. These pharyngeal teeth are in two rows and enable the grass carp to cut and shred mm. the vegetation as it consumes. Wow, such an advanced species here. It is. That's, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Pharyngeal teeth, which is in the throat. Yeah. Um, so then, in essence, the worst grass carp, as far as what it could do to the body of water that it is in, is the biggest one possible. Yeah. The bigger they get, the more plants that they can consume, I'm guessing, and digest. So then, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know what the ratio mm-hmm. would be, but one 60-pounder could be doing the same amount as, of damage as six 10-pounders right. type of deal. Right. Okay. Huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, grass carp have been found in Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, and Lake Michigan, although it's uncertain how many there are or how widely they have spread. Uh, U.S. and Canadian researchers said at least some of them are reproducing. Yeah. Which follows back to what we were talking about before. Sure. Yep. yep. Is there enough current and flow in the Great Lakes for them to naturally reproduce? Sure. So that, that 20 to 40 hours that we read earlier, yep. I've yep. heard on, on fishing shows that these big bodies of water have their own currents mm-hmm. almost they can mm-hmm. create based off of the substructure beneath the surface and what's on the bottom the depth that there are actually you could be a zero wind day uh, no outside factors that could allow there to be moving water and below the surface that there are actually currents in these big bodies of water self self-made almost currents right um that would make me believe based off of the information that we've read that yeah some of them are reproducing or at least a small amount of the eggs that were laid are Mm -hmm. are finding their way Mm -hmm. into a current stream and being able to to hatch right Hmm. right wow that's interesting yeah yeah that is cool um now an ecosystem that has grass carp will change in several rays if the aquatic vegetation is eliminated Photoplankton, which is small floating aquatic plants, will increase and cause a decrease mm. in water clarity. Fish species that rely that are reliant on vegetation will decline and may be eliminated from the ecosystem. And species that feed on photoplankton will increase in number. Now, a lot of the negative on the grass carp is over time. They can completely wipe out the weeds yeah. in certain bodies of water. Yeah. Now, a lot of, of the native species rely on those weeds yeah. right. for cover, for spawning. Spawning, yeah. Uh, your, your smaller fry rely on that to escape yep. Pred- predators. Yep, protect themselves. One thing that I saw that found that was really interesting, Derek, was 
I was watching um, one of the old Campbell's Challenge videos from, you know, 15, 14 years ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They were bow fishing on Kentucky Lake. All right. And it was Team River's Edge. Okay. And they were always known for uh, getting grass carp. Okay. In these challenges. They were always a team to, to watch for that. And I remember watching that footage, Derek. And it was on Kentucky Lake. I bet I know what you're going to say. And they were back in some of them bays, and that water was just crystal clear, just gorgeous. Really? And though that hydrilla and those weeds coming up were just, they were like in, you know, in like five, six feet of water, and those weeds were just like timber down below, you know, mm. coming up in weeds. And they were shooting those big, fat, giant grassies. It's not like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that anymore. You go back into those bays right now, there's no weeds yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Right. They're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Those, like, just from, from thinking back when we were down in Kentucky earlier this year, like, these fish are relating to, to bushes growing in the water, a, a bush or a, a, mm-hmm. a, a submerged tree branch or, you know, yep. stuff like that. It's not necessarily weedy-type plant growth that they're relating right. to anymore. Right. And speaking of that, Derek... I think it was in 2016 or 17. Timmy and I were down in Kentucky. Um, first, we were in Indiana for the Jared Ashmore Youth. Or no, we were in Indiana for the Archery Camps USA with okay. the kids. Yep. And then we went up to Kentucky for the Jared Ashmore, but we had a couple of days in between there. So we went out on Kentucky Lake, and we went back into some bays on a Sunday, and we were shooting grassies, and they were – Pretty abundant. Okay. They're all over the place. Um, we went back the next day to do some more filming, and we hooked up with Dennis Redd and came out with us. And like I said, there's no grass back there anymore. How we found these grasses is you would see a dust cloud oh. in like two feet of water, three feet of water. You see a dust cloud. Yeah. And what they were doing is they were feeding on the bottom snails, crustaceans, stuff like that. Sure. Kind of like a carp. When you see a, a cloud, a carp yep. is feeding up and down. Mm-hmm. And we like sneak up in there and get closer and closer. And pretty soon you can see just a little bit of his tail on the top of that dust cloud, you know, and that's how we were shooting them. So that's what they're feeding on now. And I know, you know, these grass carp are nowhere near as heavy and as big as they were years back on Kentucky Lake when they had all this grass. Sure, sure. You know? So would you would you go as far to say, Matt, that these fish that you are shooting now are roughly the same age as, uh, could you say that uh, a fish that is the same age now could have been, I don't know, 15 pounds heavier 10 years ago? Possibly, Because yes. they had more food yep. to, to eat? Okay. Mm-hmm. A grass carp was just like a cow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I don't know if I'll, you know a lot of you that have shot grass carp, you know that when you shoot a grass carp in the belly and you get him in the boat, he's sw- flopping around in the arrow and in yeah. the barrel. It's like manure, yeah, yeah. coming out of his stomach system. Yeah. Yeah. It's like manure, you know. They have a stomach just like a cow. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of the grass carp that we're seeing down there are are a smaller year class. They're they seem to be skinny and long. Kind of like a river grass carp. Sure. You know. Now, I know the further down south you get, you know, down in that area there, there's more vegetation and more weeds. It's, it's not quite as wide and as big as it is up on the, the more of the lake part. 
um, and there's a little more grassies and stuff like that, and they're, they're a little bit bigger. But yeah, the, the generally the the grassies that are out there on the lake are just a little bit smaller now because they just don't have that food anymore in sure. their systems. Yeah, that makes sense. That all I mean that all lines up pretty good. Mm-hmm. What what I would think too. Okay, Kentucky Lake is so big, and I, I apologize for using Kentucky Lake for so many of these examples, you could take any big body of water down south. What is the number one sought-after game fish down there? Bass. People love bass fishing. Mm-hmm. You roll up, you know, and just when I'm when mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the YouTube videos that I I'll watch, you know, there's guys, and what they'll do is they're, they're plugging beds trying to catch up eight-pound bass, mm-hmm. eight-pound largemouth. I would think that, like we read about how that can affect native game fish, I would think that, over time, and I actually I don't think this. I know this that over time that no the lack of weeds to a point now that the grassies don't even have a ton to eat anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, think of what that's done over the last ten years to the bass fishing down there. Absolutely. I mean, good lord, you'd be crazy not to think that that doesn't have some kind of effect on on the reproduction of bass. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. that all that habitat gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're cute little fish, but they are destroyers. Right. Right. They're and, bad news. And, you know, I, a lot of you remember Lake Gunnersville. Yeah. Alabama was like the premier spot for your giant grassies yeah. and stuff like that. And um, you don't really hear much about Lake Gunnersville anymore. I know I was down there shooting a couple times years back, and, and um, I didn't see a lot of grass around there neither. Yeah. And I know they also had some big issues with that as well. Yeah. And all the grass not there anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, these grass carp, just just for reference for everybody, um, the BAA Wisconsin record grass carp is 40 pounds, 42 inches, shot in 2017. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, we're, we're, we just started having up here in Wisconsin, I think we just started getting records on grass carp like four years ago, you know, when we started shooting some here and there. Yeah. And like the first one, you know, that was a re- state record was in the 20s. Sure. You know? Right. Right. Uh, we just don't have a lot of them up here. Yeah. Um, there's just not a lot of grassies up here in the river system. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the BAA world record grassy is 92 pounds, mm. 51.5 mm. inches long. Mm. Uh, shot in 2015 by Brian Hughes in Alabama. I remember when that was shot. Man, that thing looked like a wood tick. Okay. Just looking at these numbers, Matt, I cannot believe that there is a 52-pound difference between a fish that is only nine inches longer. That is that is mind-boggling to me. Okay, you know what would be even more mind-boggling to you is if they had a girth measurement between the two. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Because that 92-pounder was probably just as girthy as it was long. Yeah, it was. It was so tight like a big old fat wood tick that was plump ready to pop it was like if you would have stuck your finger hard into the side it would have exploded that thing was just just crazy looking that that difference there matt is almost five pounds an inch yeah. for how much bigger that grassy is <laughs> think of that an inch of a fish five pounds that's that's wild that is crazy. you know comparing it from mm-hmm. from 42 to 51 right and being fifty-two pounds heavier, yeah. wow, that that is crazy. It, like, you, like the head, like the head on it was. This I bet big. you it looked tiny. Did it? Did it the, look small the, compared the small, to the rest of it? The head? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was really interesting. Do you know what body of water that ninety-two pounder was shot on? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we not going to share that? Um, I'd prefer not. Okay. To. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I was just curious if you knew. Do you know the Wisconsin one? Yeah, that's Mississippi River. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's the only place that we really that we have. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Although, 
One was shot in an inland lake in Wisconsin by a bowfisher. Really? Yeah. And um, it was given to the DNR, and they studied it and looked it over, and they, it came to the conclusion that it was a triploid. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. And they figured somebody just released it in there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Someone just released it, and it ends mm-hmm. up being a mm-hmm. a big old record. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. there's there's some interesting little facts, I guess, on the on the grass carp, white amur. Um, they got cool teeth in their throat. In their throat. I'm gonna have to. I wonder if uh, next time we shoot one, I'm gonna stick my hand down their throat and see if I can feel some. We, we should cut. We should try to cut one out, maybe. Yeah, that, like that would be that is cool. I yeah, yep. I never really I never really looked at that or thought about that. And on this on a side note, on the grass carp, they are very good to eat as well. Yeah. Very good to eat. You eaten? You've had grassy mm-hmm. mac? Mm-hmm. Oh, we. Oh, okay. They had grass carp at the Bass Pro U.S. Open this year. Yeah, they that did. little booth. They had yep. buffalo bites and grass carp and gar, mm-hmm. and they were fantastic. Little little fried up little fish bites. Yep. Yeah, they yep. were very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. So if you ever shoot one, man, flay it up and and try it. Probably going to be best eaters when they're in that probably twenty pound range versus a. 92 pounder right right <laughs> i think that that's pretty much universal matt yeah, you, know, you know how yeah. like you know the best eater, eater walleye is yeah. you know a legal 15 inch fish up to 18 typically mm-hmm. is what i'm looking for mm-hmm. you know and the bigger they get the more you'd want to put that fish right. back not in not in this case but yeah yeah um so on to our product highlight matt and you know what i just remembered what do you remember i was so engrossed in learning about grass carp and everything that we i dropped the ball Oh, jeez. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Quote of the day. There's no quote today. I didn't think of a quote. Well, you're going to actually talk about one of your grass cart moments. Oh, yes. I, I actually would love to do that. Okay, go ahead, Shmi. Because I remember, and it was probably, I started working here in 2015, okay? Seven years. Were you 15 years old? Uh, almost. <laughs> um, I was 17 years old. Uh, okay. 17. 16 going on 17 years old. Um, And I worked... For a while, you know, I, I probably worked here for two years before I started to go on the trips and whatnot with you, starting to do some filming and stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember we were down in Tennessee was where I was first, where I first saw my first grass carp in person. We were in Tennessee. I was filming okay. you and Al Brusky. Yep. I will yep. keep the, the name of that body of water um, a secret, but that's where we were. We were mm-hmm. in the state of Tennessee. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, and I remember being up on the platform. I had, I was the cameraman. On that trip, you know, filming and everything. And this was my first filming trip that I had ever been on. I know what you're going to say. And <laughs> we were shooting some carp and everything. And, oh, it was so cool. It was it was really neat. And, and I remember seeing a big – and, you know, when you're up on the platform, for those of you that don't know, we have a filming platform on our bow fishing boat that allows the cameraman to be up above, you know, to get that over-the-shoulder shot. You can see – you can actually see a lot more even than the shooter does just because you have such a better angle. Mm-hmm. Um looking down into the water. And I remember we, we rolled up in this little area. I'm up top and I look up and there is, you know, there, that's not a 10 pound carp. That is a big fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came out to the middle of the boat. And I remember, I don't know, we'd have to look at the footage, but I was so worried about getting that on film. I'm guessing the camera was probably like, <laughs> it was like tremoring a little bit. Cause I was trying so hard to hold it still, um, to get it. Um, and it was at it was at Z5 camera, so you got to roll that zoom and make sure everything's in focus yep. and everything that old camera. Yep. But I remember that being so cool, and I, I, we got the shot, and you guys turned around and did your whole deal. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I've seen these videos, these DVDs, how long? And now I'm actually the person that's <laughs> filming it. It was actually really cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So I remember that. And then later on in the night, the fishing slowed mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you yelled up. You said, well, Schmidt, you want to come down and shoot for a bit? See if you can't shoot something? Oh, yeah, yep. That sounds good to me. <laughs> I probably didn't have a bow in my hands for 10 <laughs> minutes, maybe. And we're rolling along, and you were next to me, and you I, I didn't I didn't see the fish right away and you pointed out and I don't know what you all oh, right there and mm-hmm. I looked down and um it probably has grown a little bit <laughs> over the years you know as every big fish does and I remember looking down and for a couple seconds not drawing my bow back and just looking at this fish in awe right in front of me and and finally i'm like okay what am i, I, I it's look at this look at this fish yep. and I, I draw back and i you know air mailed it didn't didn't hit the fish at all and uh so i'm like okay you know i filmed these guys missing and you know whatnot so i didn't think it was i didn't think it was that big of a deal <laughs> so we're going along whatever and i remember you asked me you said uh do you uh derek do you do you know how big that fish was <laughs> i said i said no i said i don't have a clue I have no idea. At that point, I couldn't gauge a fish size-wise. I knew it was a bigger fish. Yeah. And I remember you saying, oh, okay, yeah, that 60-pound grassy. <laughs> that was probably a 60-pound grassy. <laughs> and I remember sitting there being like, oh, my gosh. that's That was my first experience with a grass carp is missing a toad. And now to this day, I don't know if you were lying or if you made no. that number up. It was a big that old – it was a big fish. It was a big fish. Because, I mean – it froze me for a couple seconds. I that literally, one, yeah. I couldn't do anything. It, I just looked at it for a couple seconds. Then I, then I drew back and shot in a hurry and missed it big time. But that one had the girth that you're looking yes, for. Yes, that is what I remember. Mm-hmm. We were, we were going along the bank parallel with the bank, and the fish was laying parallel with us between us and the bank. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and it was facing away from us. So I got to see its full um, broadness of its shoulders. Yeah, was yep. what I remember on that fish, and I. And then when it turned oh. and swam out in front of us, that's when you could see even more how deep the belly was. Yeah. In. And that's where they get all their weight, yeah. you know, in that. I would call that grass carp fever. Yeah, grass maybe. carp fever. That could not be a more accurate description of exactly what that situation yep, was. grass carp it, fever. It froze me up good. But mm-hmm. whenever I think of grass carp, mm-hmm. I can't help but think of the, the yep. Tennessee monster. Yep, yep. Probably my, one of my cooler deals with the grass carp was – I was with my wife down in Kentucky Lake, and um, she had never shot a grassy before, so we were back in the bays. Middle of the day, we are back in there, and um, no cameraman, so we just had the GoPro kind of running behind us there. Okay. And, yeah. and um, I remember see, you could see that grass carp up in the shallows there, and we, we got close as we could. We got close as we could there, and, and we both shot, and I hit it, and it went f- tearing out. I always call them the torpedoes of the shallows. Oh, yeah, very appropriate. Went flying out of the shallows there and out towards the – the flats and a little bit deeper water. We, I remember we chased that grassy down. We chased them down, chased them down. My wife, once we got it up, she made an awesome backup shot into that. Oh, there. Cool. We got it in the boat and took some awesome pictures. It was like a 40 pounder. Nice. But it was just a neat deal to, to have my wife, you know, experience. Like I said, she's never shot. She shot some grassies on that day, but that was just a neat one because we chased it down. We got it all on video from the GoPro and it was just a neat little fun deal. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. When you, when you first started telling that story, Matt, I, I was imagining there's footage in my mind of you and Julie, on the boat, but I think Dennis Redden is filming. Yes. And um, you guys are creeping up. I think there's maybe two of there's them up, two of there. up there. Yeah. And you yeah. guys both draw back and you guys both miss the first yes. one. Yes. Um, 
And Dennis, I remember him whispering, he says, oh, he's still up there. He's up there by the front of that bush. Yeah. yeah by the front of that bush. He and, is. and you sent a, I mean, that, that, that arrow had to have like, that was a long shot and you ended up getting them. Yeah. That, that was the footage I thought yeah. you were going to say, but yeah, that's cool. You and Julie sneaking mm-hmm. up on one. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. That's um, a neat deal. So yeah, I think, um, I think we did a pretty good job here, Matt, just covering some of the basics of, yeah. of grass carp, the history of it. And like I said, and next time we'll, we'll do a different species down the road sometime and between different other podcasts and stuff like that, they're just a little fish history yeah. and some of the fishies that we chase. And we'll, we'll share some, you know, just little stories about mm-hmm. some of the, the interesting little stories that we've had with these fish. Yep. Um, yep. When we were deciding about our product highlight before the podcast here, I asked Matt, I said, Matt, is there anything that you could tie in as far as a product goes with a grass carp? And your mm-hmm. exact words were that when you and Julie were shooting mm-hmm. them here a couple of years back, mm-hmm. that Julie had on the AMS Chaos XL. Yep. Not just the typical Chaos, the right. XL with the longer barbs. Yep. And you said that that was working fantastic mm-hmm. for Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, of course, have our, our Chaos Point. Um, and we also have the Chaos XL. Uh Pivoting extra long barbs for better hold, stainless steel construction that is all paired with the rock tested cyclone tip, um, 1.5 by 1.183 inch holding area. Uh, that is that is like the chaos. That's one that you would you would poke that tip through the fish, loosen your tip, right. and pull it back out. And uh, those those XL barbs are so long that they provide mm-hmm. so much holding power mm-hmm. on a softer fleshed. Fist, right. fish, excuse me, like a right. grassy. I think that that actually really comes into play. Right. Yep, having a little bit small longer entry barb. hole, small entry hole going through those fish. Yep. Yeah, big yeah. barbs holding that on the backside. Yeah. So if you guys are looking to go uh, target some grassies, mm-hmm. make sure to check out the Chaos XL from AMS Bowfishing. That's right. Oh, you know what that means, Schmitty? That was a fast forty-nine minutes, man. It was very fast. We this weekend we have our last BAA or. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin Bowfishing Fishing Association Tournament on the Mississippi River. So we're in second place. We can't win. We're too far out of points for taking first place. Oh, but we're gotcha. still going to go down and give it our best. Oh, yeah. And then after that, on Monday, I am heading east, Schmitty, to hook up with my good buddy, Corey Brossman. Heck, yeah. We're going to go shoot some Stingray. Famous gear and awesome. put it to work. Yeah. Hopefully we come back with a big old butterfly ray. You got to cook us some up with that. We're going to cook some up. Okay, good deal. We're going to cook some up. Good deal. So get on the water and enjoy the sport of boat fishing, everybody. Get out there and have fun with your family and friends, your girly friends, mm-hmm. waveys, and enjoy the sport of boat fishing. Join a boat fishing club. Join the BAA. From all of us here at AMS Boat Fishing, we wish you the best of luck. And remember, aim low, think big. Thanks for listening, everybody.